Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacker Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Threepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. You are now listening to... Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. I am Alex Shane here with you, as always, with my good buddy, Rich Hill. The Patriots have put the pads on. The pads and helmets are on in training camp, which means it's time for us, Rich, to step up our game put our pads and helmets on, and really get down to breaking down these training camp practices. How are you doing, man? Ready to do this? I am. I am. I'm very excited about it. I feel like you're getting a lot of good news out of Foxborough this offseason. I, I think a lot of the newcomers have been standing out. Some of the, the younger players that we were hoping to take a second or third year leap have been doing so. I don't know if it's just the, the sunny side of training camp where everyone's in the best shape of their lives, but Alec, I am getting some really good feelings about this Patriots team. As have I, Rich Hill. I think it's been a good training camp so far. Obviously, you can't really take too much out of these practices until they get the, the joint practices and the actual contact with other teams. There's only so much you can really glean from these things. But most reports have been absolutely positive. Uh, with that, I'd like to talk to you about maybe some pleasant surprises, things that are really doing things for you in a good way, maybe some unpleasant surprises on these first couple practices of training camp, and maybe I'd love to hear what you're looking for and you're looking out to see as training camp continues to get into our first preseason game. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I mean, I, I think I'll start off with some of the surprises. And, like, on the offensive side of the ball, one of the big surprises to me has been Nikhil Harry. Uh, you know, someone, a lot of consternation around the first two years of his in Foxborough. His rookie season was definitely affected by a bunch of injuries. His sophomore year definitely limited due to COVID. So he didn't have the cleanest start to the year. And then leading into this offseason, he and his agent demanded a trade just because they thought a fresh start would do him some good. And it turns out he might be the the best wide receiver in training camp. A little bit of surprise, but he's definitely been flashing the ability that people were hoping that he would have coming out of Arizona State. Uh, You know, it might be year three. It might be a delayed breakout, and it doesn't happen for a lot of wide receivers. But he's been my surprise on the offensive side because he's really been stepping up in a way that he doesn't necessarily have experience doing for the Patriots. 
It's funny, man. You never want to think a first-round draft pick is surprised in training camp for catching passes, but that is exactly where Kikil Harry's been the past couple seasons. Uh, Belichick did mention in a press conference earlier this offseason about how third-year guys are actually now second-year guys for a lot of reasons. Because last year was so wonky for so many reasons. So maybe this is the scenario where Nikhil Harry's finally picking up the offense in a way that will be productive. I'd love to see it. Sticking with the receivers, I think Christian Wilkerson has been a nice little standout. I'm not sure if he's like the worst-kept secret kind of thing, but people are, are he's really turning heads, getting good rest with the starters. And I like what I'm seeing out of him. And as somebody who was very, very skeptical – of the Nelson Aguilar acquisition, he's been doing very well as well. I think some of the plays of the camp has been Nelson uh, Aguilar connecting with Cam Newton on some deep bombs. Uh, one of the more lighthearted moments in camp happened when uh, Aguilar and our TD pass and their officials who were there getting their reps in called it out of bounds and Newton went down, started yelling at the, under the hood to look at the replay. Uh, there seems to be some chemistry going on there. So while the Rodgers receiver I would still argue is definitely in flux and a lot of question marks. Uh, what we've seen out of these guys uh, leaves us all options for optimism, I think. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think the top three are pretty set with, uh, you know, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, and Kendrick Bourne as the top three. Bourne's been showing a lot of quickness. I, I think he's a very much a, a Patriots move the chain type of number three wide receiver. Uh, so I, I think they get some good options in that top three spot. I think Olszewski continues to shine as a punt returner, you know, returning all pro. So I think he is a lock on that offensive side. And you get some pretty strong competition for that final spot with Harry playing so well and Wilkerson. As you said, he's made a few nice deep passes. Uh, he was one of the most productive wide receivers in college. So I, I think that you have some good competition here that, you know, maybe there isn't as elite top end talent. Uh, but down through the depth chart, I think it's a pretty strong top five option here. Uh, I, I think one other place that I just want to draw attention to on, on the offensive side of the ball is that running back. Uh, because, you know, keeping with the theme of first round picks, you might be, you know, uh, whelming, you know, not not overwhelming, not underwhelming, but just whelming. <laughs> you got Sony Michelle. Uh, you know, he was such a good part of that Patriots Super Bowl run in 2018, uh, but he has been hampered with injuries and he's lost the starting role to Damian Harris. And so there's two things going on here with Bill Belichick saying that Damian Harris has the chance to really be that leading man uh, out of that running back core. And I think he's really ready for that challenge. Harris was one of the top five running backs in the league last year from an efficiency standpoint. Uh, it's just a matter of having limited repetitions. And if he has a bigger role, I think the sky's the limit for him. Uh, where, you know, I think with Michelle, he's going to be that number two guy. I think that's a good spot for him, honestly. Uh, I know that's not what you're looking for from a running back, but, he, you know, Michelle and Nick Chubb kind of split carries at Georgia. And I think Michelle being the number two punch uh, next to Damian Harris, I think gives him a space where he's not going to be over, you know, ground out from his, you know, knee injuries and problems. Uh, but he's also able to kind of shine a little bit more. He's been showing some good bursts in camp. I, I think that he had some good running last year, definitely not as strong as Harris but enough that he can be a valuable piece to the offense. He's not a negative. And as the offensive line continues to improve, I, I think that uh, Harris and Michelle as your one-two punch is going to be very, very strong and a good compliment to your starting quarterback, Cam Newton. Don't also sleep, Rich, on fourth pick, Ramondre Stevenson, who's having a very solid camp. Another one of the plays in camp was, I think it was yesterday the day before, where he bounced a, a, a run to the outside and completely just truck-sticked Miles Bryant, just bounced off his legs like a, like a beach ball, like it was nothing. He's a six-foot, 250-pound cannonball. He can catch out of the backfield. Again, I'm not sure what his role is going to be, given the crowded backfield right now, 
but I'm very curious to see if Ramondre Stevenson becomes one of those fantasy football nightmares where Harris and Michelle <laughs> run it down to the two and he just punches in every single touchdown for the Patriots. So I'm really excited to see what happens with the running backs going forward. And then J.J. Taylor is uh, is making some noise as a kick returner. He's having an up and down camp. He's not as consistent as Stevenson, Michelle, and Harris, but I don't think he is a a long shot to make the roster. Maybe he's just, as you say, uh, Tom and Michelle whelmed. Uh, I would say J.J. Taylor is a shot to make the roster. <laughs> not a long shot, but a shot. Um, I'll switch to the defensive side for some pleasant surprises. There's been a couple. Uh, I don't know if I would count Jawan Bentley as a pleasant surprise in terms of what he's able to bring to the team in the past seasons, but he's having an awesome camp. Uh, he picked off Mac Jones. He seems to have a very solid command of the defense, of the linebackers, and he was just absolutely eating up everything. Visiting adjunct professor and linebackers coach Teddy Bruce <laughs> had to say when Bruce came and stopped by practice and, and worked with the defense for a while. So I'm really hoping Juwan Bentley, as Hightower transitioned into the last part of his career, maybe he will be the new guy going forward, and I'm excited for the steps he's made so far in camp. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I, I think Bentley was always at his best as the number two linebacker next to Hightower uh, with Van Noy out on the edge. And when he was thrust into that number one spot last year, he definitely had his weaknesses highlighted. And I think that with Hightower back, Bentley's going to be in a much better position to succeed. And what we've also seen with these Patriots linebackers, we've seen it with Landon Roberts in the past, is that you know sometimes you need to get thrown into the fire and get burned a little bit, and then you come back and you're better than ever. I, I think that Alandon Roberts in his last couple of seasons with the Patriots was just outstanding. And I, I think that Bentley is going to take what he's experienced over the past few years and just be able to apply it uh, in, in a much better way with Hightower next to him. And kind of staying in that position group, I think Anthony Jennings has been standing out. You know, he, he's been getting his name called uh, with like, being around the ball. Uh, Josh Uche has shown off his athleticism. Um, but also wanted to highlight Raekwon McMillan. Uh, he suffered an ankle injury, so he's, you know, someone to monitor. Um, but he, he is a player that uh, I've always liked. You know, coming out of Ohio State, he's that Patriots prototypical linebacker size, middle linebacker off the ball. He's bounced around the league a bit, but I think he's found a good home with the Patriots here. I, I think that he provides New England some solid veteran depth behind Hightower and Bentley in the case of someone suffering an injury. Uh, and I think that the it's going to be just so night and day when you compare this year's Patriots linebacker core to last year's. Uh, I don't know, Rich. I, I just personally can't think of a scenario in the past where a linebacker has a tough time fitting in with other teams. Maybe he bounces around the league, doesn't really make a splash, and then comes to New England and does well. I, the Patriots have a very bad record of being in <laughs> linebackers from other teams. So, no, I'm with you, man. Not only is he having a good camp and turning some heads, that's just a Hall of Fame name, Raekwon McMillan. Totally. So I'm really hoping that he sticks around. Uh, it's a very crowded linebacker core. I'm not sure where his place will be. Maybe he can find some some time on like a, a passing down and really ensconce himself. But um, – I'm, I'm, it's, I feel like the, the linebacker position for the Patriots in 2021 is kind of like what the backup QB position used to be for the Patriots and Tom Brady was around. Like, it's a really nice problem to have. Like, who's going to be that seventh linebacker that sneaks <laughs> it on? Um, it's, it's really, really cool to see. So, again, a very solid camp. Uh, we should probably talk a little bit about Cam Newton and Mac Jones because that's the obviously highlight and the star headline of the training camp. Cam Newton at this point through both Belichick saying it and his play – Seems to be the guy going forward. He is the starter. It is his job to lose, which makes me very happy. I'm very vocal about rookie quarterbacks not starting right away. Mac Jones looks good, but he's still picking up the speed of the offense, the, just the schemes, just the overall talent level. It's a big adjustment process. 
and he's doing what he can, and I like what I'm seeing out of him. But I personally am very happy that Cam Newton is shining and the, the job is his to lose at this point. Yeah, no, I agree. And I, I think that I love the tone that that sets with Bill Belichick. You know, Cam Newton's our starter. That really just sets uh, kind of the stage for the rest of the team. You know, everyone loves Cam. I think he's a really good role model for the younger players. Uh, they, you know, he just has that magnetic personality. And I think Mac Jones has a lot to learn from him before he's ready to be in that starting role. Uh, you know, even if they are different players, I think Mac Jones can still learn a little bit more of his pocket mobility, uh, you know, pocket awareness, kind of just like the pace and timing of the NFL speed and Cam Newton gives him that so you know when Cam was good last year he was giving the Patriots a fringe top 10 quarterback that happened you know about half the year outside of like the COVID stretch uh, and then honestly like the last couple of games when there was like no one left on the Patriots roster um, I thought that Cam Newton like gave the Patriots a chance to be competitive in every game. And so if Cam's able to do that again with this very much bolstered wide receiver core and tight end group and stronger running back and offensive line, I, I think that Cam can give the Patriots, uh, you know, an opportunity to succeed. And he's been showing more consistency this camp, you know, first camp with the Patriots, to be quite honest. And so he, he, he's really yeah. showing that the time with the team last year has paid off uh, and he's just worlds ahead of where he was uh, last year. Who'd have thought that an offseason in training camp would have no. positive effects on the way it plays? Very, very weird. But, yeah, so, again, all good things coming out of camp in that respect. However, Rich, it's not all sunshine and roses down at one Patriot place. There are a couple of unpleasant surprises that I think that we should probably touch on just so we're not seeing, like, too much of Homer's uh, mind. I don't know if this is really a surprise just based on his play in the past. But we talked about this on our, our previous podcast about how important this camp was for him to get himself a role in. Joe John Williams has still done pretty much nothing. Uh, he's on the ass end of a lot of highlights for the offense. You don't want to be the guy getting dominated on every single play. He's not really doing anything to stand out. It's a pretty crowded cornerback room right now, and I think he's very much on the outside looking in. He's tall, he's rangy, he's got some bulk, but he can't seem to translate it into effective play. He had a couple of pass breakups, but nothing has really stood out, and just given the emergence of other guys over the past couple seasons, I think he's a real long shot at this point to make the roster, and he will add to the ever-growing list of second-round draft picks that don't pan out on the cornerback position. Yeah, no, it's true. I, I think that the Patriots drafted him with a specific role in mind, and it didn't really make sense at that time. Uh, you know, there, the, the conversation was that wide receivers are getting bigger and bigger, so you need someone to be big enough to cover them. Uh, and then you have Buffalo who gets Stephon Diggs and now Emmanuel Sanders and a bunch of guys that are like five foot ten. And so, you, and then uh, Albert Wilson becomes the focal point of the Dolphins' passing attack. This is not a league where. You need to have six foot three cornerbacks in order to succeed. You're going to do much better by having players who can stay in position and be in place to deter passes. Uh, never mind, like be tall enough to go win those jump ball sort of things. And so maybe Williams can carve out a niche role for him in the defense, but he's definitely well behind the starters. Uh, and then, uh, you know, a name that you've been talking about, Miles Bryant. I know you mentioned that he was uh, on the, the back end of a Stevenson run, but Miles Bryant has made a lot of highlight plays in the secondary uh, as Stephon Gilmore hasn't been able to practice. And so I think that Williams definitely on the end of that depth chart. Uh, and I, I don't think that the future uh, for him is in New England. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was traded during the cutdown period. No, it's true. But again, that's not really much of a surprise. So I will go ahead and give what I think is a unpleasant surprise. Cause no one's going to see this one coming. Um, 
I wouldn't say this is something to really worry about, but I, I can't help but notice it in the highlights I've watched and the articles I'm breaking down. Hunter Henry uh, is seems to be having a real hard time getting off the line against press coverage. Uh, he's not really a, a huge burst off the line kind of guy. He's not really that kind of tight end, but like if, if there are, are big rangy corners or, or, or linebackers that can cover well or safety hybrids, uh, they may be some trouble for Hunter Henry getting off the line in that, that initial, initial burst, initial step. I'm not overly worried about it long term, but I know we were talking about how they now have the best tight end tandem in the league, and they still do, but to kind of keep it fair and honest, uh, Hunter Henry is having a good camp, but he's showing some weakness on the, on the big press coverage. Yeah, no, and, and that was always going to be a question mark as he's been dealing with a lot of lower body injuries over the course of his career. So what does he have there? If Johnny Smith can be that top spot and Hunter Henry can, you know, be that inline blocker that can actually catch the ball, you know, like a, a plus Dwayne Allen, you know, a good blocker, but like actually with receiving ability as that like number four option in the offense, I think that'll be a good spot for him. Um, but I, I mean, we'll see how he continues to adjust. You know, it'll be different when the actual game speed is on. Uh, but yeah, definitely a cause for concern uh, for me kind of staying on that general theme. There's been a few injuries and, or just like injured continuations that, uh, you know, aren't necessarily huge issues yet, but you don't like to see it. You know, I mentioned earlier, Raekwon McMillan suffered an ankle injury, rookie defensive lineman, Christian Barmore, who was already playing with some of the starters next to Lawrence Guy and Devon Godshaw. Uh, he suffered a little bit of an injury around his foot uh, and didn't return to action uh, on, on Tuesday. And so then you're also dealing with players like, you know, Jarrett Stidham has been having a back injury. Uh, you have your two rookie tight ends, or I guess sophomore tight ends, but, you know, Bill Belichick-style rookies and Dalton Keenan, Devin Asiasi, who are, you know, not really practicing yet. I think Asiasi just made his way to the field recently as well. Um, but Gilmore... Uh, is still on the physically unable to perform list. You have Chase Winovich there. You're missing some pretty key players to injuries that like are going to be a very either active starters or a big part of the rotation. Uh, you could add Ted Karras, who suffered an injury earlier. Uh, he, he was that top backup on the offensive line. And so you really hate to see injuries because these reps are so important for establishing both a rhythm but also a depth <coughs> chart and like just kind of an understanding of where the team is. And if you're losing a player like, you know, Stefan Gilmore, maybe it's not the worst thing in the world that you're getting players like Miles Bryant, some additional reps with the starters. But if you're a player like Chase Winovich or, you know, Dalton Keene, and you're trying to make a case that you deserve a spot in, in the, the starting lineup, if you're Winovich or just even a spot on the roster, then you're missing out on key opportunities and, and you just really hate to see that. You do. Uh, luckily, none of them seem to be incredibly serious beyond the Stidham injury, which is like a 12 week, 12 week thing, but no, he's not really slated to make an impact this season anyway, so these are all manageable for now. Hopefully it stays that way. I always say there's always at least one or two across the league where someone is running a hitch route and they blow out their Achilles or ACL, and that's it for the year before the season starts. So hopefully nobody in the NFL gets that, but it's going to happen. Hopefully it doesn't happen to the Patriots. Uh, but we'll, we'll find out soon because this is the last week of, of no football games coming up. They're, they're playing Washington uh, next Thursday, if I remember correctly. 
So we have a really good week of training camp coming up to prepare for that first preseason game. As we close out this podcast, Rich, and look towards the actual season getting started, uh, what's one thing in particular you're going to be paying attention to all these next coming practices? Yes, uh, youth on the rise. That's where my attention will be. You know, we've talked a lot about how, you know, these players are in the best shape of their lives or, you know, these young players look like they're taking the leap. Have they? Are they? Will they continue to develop in that way? So looking at the Kyle Duggars and the Josh Uches of the world who are in their second year with the Patriots, uh, but, you know, really getting to settle in and take that leap, I think that they're going to be huge contributors. And also looking at the Nikhil Harrys and the Jacoby Myers of the world. You know, Myers is going to be in his second year as a starter. Harry is, you know, the best receiver in camp thus far. How will those manifest when it actually comes onto the field will Myers be able to be the guy uh, or is it going to be something where there's a little bit of the Peter principle and he's over his head will will Harry be able to carry over his practice performances into the actual game uh, and so that's what I want to see I want to see if all these players who are under the age of 25 uh, I think Duggar might actually be older but all these really young players how are they actually going to perform when it's time for to step on the actual field as a side note, Rich, should you ever decide to quit your job and form a band, Youth on the Rise is a fantastic band name. That is so a good just one. keep that in mind. Great band <laughs> name. Like it. Uh, we always want to see the young guys do well. And, you know, the, the, second, again, the second and third year leads are, are going to be especially crucial for this team because they are very young all across the board. Uh, one thing I'm going to pay attention to going forward is just like the log jam of talent in the backfield right now. And I'm hoping some kind of depth chart starts to emerge. I think we're both in agreement. Damien Harris is a starter going forward, but as you said, Sonny Michelle is having a good camp. Maybe he's one of those surprise trade candidates. Uh, James White's a lock. Ramondre Stevenson is obviously a lock and he's having a good camp and they've got JJ Taylor back there. Plus, you know, there, who knows what else is going to happen in that backfield. So that's one area I'm going to be paying attention to who gets the reps in these games, who gets the reps in these practices, who seems to be the lead back. Is it a, a very package specific running attack? How are they going to do this? It's a good problem to have, but there's too many cooks in that kitchen and I want to see how it emerges. So I'm very excited to see how that, that backfield develops. Yeah, definitely. And we'll definitely be following all of the developments in camp. I, I think that there's still a lot of good uh, learning for these players at this point, to be honest, you know, they're, they're still figuring out some of the, the very rudimentary parts of how Bill Belichick builds uh, a team over the course of a year. And so they're still working on those fundamentals. And so there's definitely plenty of time over the rest of this preseason for other players who might not have emerged to really stand out. Um, and also uh, for players that are stars that we haven't talked about uh, to continue to just reinforce why they are the stars, you know, thinking of the Shaq Masons, Michael and Wayne of the world that we haven't really talked about because we just kind of expect them to be good. Uh, and, and so I, I, I'm very much looking forward to the real football to begin. This team has, so much more potential. Um, and Alec, m- one last thing before uh, we sign off here. I'm just looking at the Patriots roster from the end of last year. So the final roster of 2020, uh, just to compare to you know how much hope I have about this 2021 team. And my goodness, everyone, if you're listening, please just take a moment to look at this 2020 Patriots roster before this new year starts, just so you can just remember that this was a seven and nine team. Uh, that just had nobody. <laughs> they had two, two, two rookie tight ends. Uh, they were down to just almost no one at both wide receiver and running back and linebacker. It is just night and day the caliber of talent on this year's roster when you compare it to the end of last year's roster. It's a new day. It's a new season. And, Alec, I'm very excited for it to start. 
Me too, man. The good news is the next time you and I convene next week, we'll be talking about an actual football game. Oh, yeah. That doesn't mean a goddamn thing, but it will be a football game. We're going to talk about who might get starts, who's going to get reps. It's going to be a score we can talk about. Uh, we can stop just wasting our time and filling space with, with blather. So good <laughs> good for us getting through this getting through this offseason. It's been one hell of an offseason. We're looking forward to breaking it all down with you. And next week we will talk about the Patriots taking on the Washington football team in an epic preseason matchup. Excellent. Well, until next time, Alec, you have a good one. You too, buddy. See ya. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, Just go to cars.com. It's magical.